Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, quick announcement before we start the podcast. Educating Josh is now available on Spotify. So for those that have been constantly bombarding and spamming and bombastically messaging me with messages on Twitter, (laughs) asking when it will be on Spotify, it is now on Spotify. And if you've got friends who don't listen to podcasts on podcast apps, now send them it on Spotify. They they have no longer got an excuse. That was the biggest question I got was, when's it on Spotify? Is it on Spotify? Well, the answer is now. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Educating Josh, in which the three of us, James O'Neill, Lucy Bella Earl, and I, Luke Cupforth, bring together three stories that really grabbed our attention this week. Our wonderful Josh Winslade will have 20 seconds to respond with his gut feeling on the story with absolutely no research, after which we will have an attempt at Educating Josh. Guys, are you ready for this episode? We've got a few things changing this week in the format, and I am very excited. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That was a far too long pause there. I'm a, I'm a white male, Luke. I don't like change. <laughs> Josh, are you terrified? I'm slightly terrified, although I have had a sneaky peek at some of the format changes, and I think Jack's done an amazing job there. Some interesting um, topics and things going to happen that I think are for the better. Jack's so, our yes. producer, baby, Damn by producer the way. producer Jack. Producer <laughs> Jack, sorry, producer Jack. All right, Lucy, so you started the podcast last week with your story. Could you please tell us how it performed in the polls? Yep, I asked whether there should be an age limit on driving. 59% of people said yes, and 41% said no. The yeses have it. Well done, government educating Josh. That is the new rule. People want it. Um, Caroline on Twitter said, No, there shouldn't be. My granddad is 81 and still a working bus driver. He's extremely fit for his age and fully capable of driving perfectly fine. He also (laughs) undergoes yearly checkups to make sure his sight is as it should be. And that's kind of him enforcing what we thought should be enforced anyway on himself. So that's quite interesting. He already does it. He sounds like a lovely man. Caroline's granddad. Yeah, well done, Caroline's granddad. (laughs) James, your story was second. How did it perform? I asked, will the Festival of Britain unite the United Kingdom? 8% 8% of people said yes, and 92% of people said no. Someone call Theresa May. She has a new manifesto oh to put God. into action. Yeah. Uh, do you know, I, I was expecting that one to be quite strong, but not as strong 92. as that. 92%. I know, that's so high. Uh, Tom on Twitter said no. <laughs> Just no. flat out no. <laughs> because you have many people who are not proud to be British. I have nothing against there being a festival of Britain, as long as it is respectful of the fact that we are, as a nation... 
and we as a nation, sorry, have people of many other countries living here, and they may not wish to participate. Which is an interesting point. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you agree, though. I don't quite agree with Tom on that point, but it is a nice thing to take into consideration. And we actually did an extra poll. There was an extra question in the show. Josh just didn't answer the original question. I didn't like the question, guys. Sorry, I just changed it. Josh's question. Josh's question. My question. Josh's question was: Should there be a festival of Britain? Twenty-six percent of people said yes, and seventy-four percent of people said no. So still no. Still still quite. Still still no, no. but less of a divide. So it's actually quite interesting. They want a party. This is my point. Yeah. So that's the difference. Eight percent to twenty-six percent. That extra eighteen percent just want a party. They just want a party. They just (laughs) just want a party. (laughs) Izzy on Twitter said, "I think Brexit is a step in the wrong direction, and celebrating it is even worse." And I think I kind of agree with Izzy. Wait, are we actually celebrating Brexit? That's what it is. That's, that's, that's what it is. It's a party that celebrates that's what Brexit. Theresa May's Britain. You were here last I know. week. <laughs> I know that, but I don't think... I wouldn't have a, a Brexit party. But Moving on. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, guys. <laughs> okay, and lastly, I asked last week, is banning clapping a step forward for inclusivity or political correctness gone mad? Now, we were very divided on this, but we did sort of say it's not political correctness gone I mad. I think we were divided. I think we were... So, um, we, as a group, we were... We would, in the middle it was both or neither it was yeah, really yeah, weird yeah, yeah, exactly um, and 60% of our audience said that it's political correctness gone mad which I really was not expecting I yeah, yeah. maybe I'm they not- didn't listen yeah <laughs> well Mel on Twitter said I'm autistic and struggle with sound in some situations it's lovely that the SU have considered the needs of everyone attending but in other situations it shouldn't be forced as a person with disability it's unfortunate but you have to assess potential issues beforehand which is actually what I said just a lot more eloquently put so thank you Mel oh, and Mel, go Mel, you, Mel for going yeah. I have this problem but that's not everyone else's responsibility that's so brave of you Mel well done I love Mel incredible alright so it's time for the first story of the show this week and that is my story Okay, so my story this week comes from the BBC, and it is that Taylor Swift has broken her political silence in favour of the Democrats. Here are the three things you need to know. Taylor Swift has spoken out politically for the first time, publicly endorsing two Democrats for the upcoming US midterm elections. She wrote on Instagram, I always cast my vote based on which candidate will protect and fight for the human rights I believe we all deserve. I mean, yes... Yes, I think that's what everyone does. I think that's what, what everyone, everyone does. That's what everyone does. I don't think anyone thinks they're voting for someone evil. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Reaction to Swift comments have been mixed, with many welcoming her statement. Among countless stay-out-of-politics stances was that of Fox News, which criticised a celebrity with no prior political background getting involved in the midterm elections before it went back to praising a celebrity president with no prior political background. <laughs> I could literally <laughs> hear your smile developing <laughs> as you read that, Luke. <laughs> as we all started thinking the same. Sounds like producer Drac does not like Trump. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The subject of celebrities in politics has always been a contentious one. Many celebrities publicly endorse politicians, but others prefer to stay out. Mark Wahlberg, for instance, has said celebrities should keep their political opinions to themselves because they live in a bubble and have no real understanding of the issues faced by others. My question for you is, should celebrities get publicly involved with politics? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. I think... You can't restrict anybody getting involved in politics unless you restrict it to only people that are educated in politics because everyone has an opinion and just because someone has an audience or is a celebrity doesn't mean that they shouldn't have one and you shouldn't go crying just because they have an audience and therefore influence. 
Okay, so interesting. I, I tend to agree with you. I agree with you that I don't think that we should stop... Um, stop Taylor Swift talking about politics. She's a person. She can say what she likes. She owns her platform. Free speech is important. The thing that I find uncomfortable is a separate thing. Uh, And this might be another one of the Luke and Josh don't answer the the original question. The thing I find uncomfortable is the fact that we actually listen to celebrities' opinions about about, um, politics. Like, they know what they're on about. Like, Taylor Swift is a singer. Her job is to sing and dance around and write music. That's it. And the fact that as a society... Any of us are taking what she says as, well, a, as interesting or relevant is scary to me. Yeah, but that's the only reason you make money. <laughs> well, but I'm For not, example, uh, no, as a YouTuber, no, as an not, influencer, well, it's... But my job is to entertain people. My job is not to advise people politically. Well, you entertain people, but then you also advise them on what shoes to wear or what cereal to eat, or you endorse yourself into something that they I don't necessarily they think they follow. should listen to me, though. <laughs> no, you don't, but she isn't saying anyone has to listen to her either. She's just going, no, hey no, guys, this that. is I know my that, opinion. But that's, that's not what I was saying. What I was saying was, yeah, great, Taylor Swift, do what you like. Carry on. Yeah. My point was that it's more, it's sad that this makes the news, that the news goes, Taylor Swift's talked about the Taylor Democrats. Swift Ta- Taylor Swift had an opinion. Like, that's irrelevant. <laughs> it should be irrelevant in political discourse that Taylor Swift thinks this about the Democrats. We should all be brave enough and intelligent enough to make our own informed opinion on who we're going to vote for and not listen to Taylor Swift. But, My point um, is that it's sad that that's a valued, a valued thing by the rest the, of society. But where's the value coming from? Do the papers report on it and we find it interesting so we read it, which fuels it, or are we demanding it and therefore the papers are providing and then... Well, either way, regardless of whether it comes from the papers or the people, it's sad that somewhere along the way we're so disenfranchised by actually thinking about things for ourselves that we well, listen no, to Taylor I, Swift's I, opinion about I disagree. Stuff. Really? Well, because she's not just a singer. So you were saying that it's a shame that people just blindly follow celebrities and their political opinions. Sure. But straight after she tweeted... I think it was in the next kind of 12 hours, they had a huge spike in voter registrations. Oh, my so God. It is actually a bit of a positive thing. Would we rather that these young people who had no, maybe no political opinion before, but now are blindly following Taylor Swift, <laughs> do we prefer that they do that or do nothing at all and take no interest in As long as those voters do their own research and come to their own conclusion. But we can't trust but that everyone will. Research, I know, exactly. What research was there available on Brexit? Oh, God, I don't know. I was in Australia. The size of <laughs> Stat- statistics on the size of buses. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... To be able to do your own research effectively, you need a degree in politics and economics and social climate and a million different things. That that is is why you can't. Not effectively. You do have to trust people and you have to be able to pick the right people. And I do understand that maybe picking Taylor Swift isn't the best. But also, I think the kind of people that pick Taylor Swift aren't the kind of people that are going to vote otherwise. Hence the mm. huge spike in registration after she decides to have an opinion. 50,000, which Th- I know in the grand insane. scheme of things doesn't seem that big. But, you know, in a short period of time, in one day, yeah, that is huge. I, I, I think that, um, like going back to the question, like should, should celebrities get publicly involved with politics? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I as agree. much as possible. Please do. Um, you have a platform. Get people to listen to you. Get people to disagree with you. Inspire people to go out and then look at other things. And do you know what I mean? As, as long as what I would then say is as long as that person isn't then going, 
I am the only right opinion. This is the only way it should be. Don't go out there, you know, be biased, be like this. That's the wrong kind of role model it, and the wrong kind of inspiration. It does sort of need to be monitored. And they, I mean, call-out culture is huge now and they need to be prepared oh God, to be called out media. if they're spreading fake news or giving bum statistics. Yeah. Which is <laughs> giving bum statistics. Bum statistics. Um, the adults in the room do you not just think, Do you not think celebrities could have a slightly skewed political view? Because they are crazy rich. Because they are crazy rich and they're constantly in an echo chamber of their own privileges and they're surrounded by people who are as equally as high status as them and have, you know, assumedly have similar opinions. Yeah, but that's the same way that the left are. Every friend of mine was convinced that, you know, Labour would win because all their friends on Facebook were voting Labour and everyone lives in a bubble. Um, I think that a lot of high up people don't actually like to say their true political opinions because they know they'd get such a backlash. Like if somebody loved Trump behind the scenes, Mm. if somebody loved Trump behind the scenes, I don't think that they would put it out on Twitter if they were a well-loved celebrity. Mm. I think like responding to what James said is that yes, Celebrities have their own bubble. So do we. So does everyone. Everyone has their own bubble. Everyone surrounds themselves with people that are similar to them. It's important that those bubbles start to interact and mix and as much as possible, I think. Um, when it comes to Trump, apart from being awful <laughs> as a person... <laughs> apart from being awful. <laughs> apart from being a bad human being. He's done a lot of good for America since he came into power. He's not done a whole heap of bad. The immigration story is the main thing I feel like that he's done, which is sad. And probably he hasn't done that the right way, but there, there's no wall. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That like, there was a lot of stuff that he oh, said he, to get he into power. He flipped on that as soon as he got in. He was like, well, what I meant was a bit of light fencing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, think, I, I think he's... Either he's an absolute idiot that is being manipulated behind the scenes or he is an absolute genius. Like, and is achieving his own political agenda by distracting every other idiot on Twitter with extreme... Because everything he wants happens. You know, it it is... I don't know. It's interesting. I suppose that's the really scary thing is we do live in a world where we're not even sure if we can trust our own news, our own government, our own anything. And so maybe celebrities are the most unbiased opinion we have because they don't have to worry about money because they're loaded so they can't be bought in the same way that maybe a big uh, business can be and we don't really trust anyone and you're right Josh is always talking about how there's there's plenty of fake news on the left as well as on the right and there's echo chambers on the left and there are on the right and so maybe Taylor Swift who spends a lot of her time thinking about stuff and sitting in vans and seeing how things work behind the scenes maybe she's all we've got (laughs) And that's really scary. Yeah, that's awful. If millions of people vote for the Democrats because of Taylor Swift, we deserve the Democrats. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whatever that brings. <laughs> so, Josh, for your opinion at the start, I'm going to play it back for you now, was this. I think you can't restrict anybody getting involved in politics unless you restrict it to only people that are educated in politics because everyone has an opinion and just because someone has an audience or is a celebrity doesn't mean that they shouldn't have one and you shouldn't go crying just because they have an audience and therefore influence all right so do we agree with that i I think um one i hate hearing my own voice back (laughs) that's why i never listen to the podcast guys and i'm the only one that's allowed to do that um 
I uh, still agree with that, I think. I I think I was right in what I said, yeah. Well done, you. Yeah. Uh, does anyone disagree strongly? No, no. no. I, I think we circled around that for the whole for the whole time, yeah. No. Yeah. All right, cool. well, you can let us know what you think over on Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh. It's time for the second story of the week. That's Lucy's story. So my headline comes from The Mirror. NatWest slammed a sexist after telling newlywed, you're supposed to take your husband's surname. Here are the three things that you need to know, Josh. Jem Winterburn-Smith was stunned when she was allegedly told by a young female bank worker, you're supposed to take your husband's surname and it's not the done thing to combine names after marriage. A NatWest spokesperson has apologised for the error and said they will ensure all guidance is updated to make it clearer when customers wish to update details to include double-barrelled surnames. The news has sparked a debate about surnames and if a woman in the 21st century needs to take her husband's name in marriage. So my question for you is, should a woman take her husband's name in marriage? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. Um, I think they should. And I think it's a good way of tracking lineage and just having a history there. Um, I don't understand why it's a sexist issue. It's a name and it's just a way of doing it. That's kind of it. All right, guys. So, Lucy, how do you feel about this one? Um, so, I, as a woman, in as case woman, you didn't know, as a woman. Um, I would With love to take... fallopian tubes and everything. Oh, yes. Oh, very good. Ovary. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, I want to take, if I, if I get married, or when, <laughs> if, if I get married, I would love to take my husband's surname. Yeah. Unless he's called like Mr. Pussy, because then I'd be called <laughs> Lucy Pussy. <laughs> Lucy Pussy. <Yes. laughs> so, I am going to make sure that I take their name. Why? Um, because I think it is traditional. Um, and I also agree with the lineage. And I just think it's it's nice to be a family unit. But I don't think everyone needs to do it. I think it's a choice. I want to do it, so I would do it. There's no legis- legislation saying you have to do it. Yeah. Um, and it's also, actually more effort to do it because you have to you have to now pay and apply yeah. to get your name. New changed. passport. It is a bit of a. <laughs> that is shocking that you have <laughs> oh, to so you pay. Mean, you, <laughs> now you, more... you cannot change your name at all. You can just have your. Well, I think same maybe, maybe it's an option that's open when you get married. But I think yeah, it, it is. You have to go you to can extra. Just effort. keep your same name. Yes. I think it's perceived as sexist because it's the woman taking the man's name rather than the man taking the woman. But I was looking at some tweets and there are a couple of men that have taken their woman's name, their, their wife's woman, their name, woman. their wifeys. And um, for a variety of reasons, like some of them just, the woman had a better name. Like, yeah, that is completely valid. <laughs> yeah. what, some it, names are awful. What does it do to a family tree? I suppose what it comes down to really is people see it as a hangover from the idea of a woman is the property of a man mm. and you're giving away the woman to the man. And some women see that as a form of sort of ownership and or at least the dregs, the leftovers from a world where the man owned the woman. And so but, but I agree with you, Josh, I think and Lucy as well. I think. Firstly, I think that one of you has to take the name because it would be ridiculous. Like, yes, okay, maybe you could have a double barrel name, but then the next generation would have four names, and the next generation would have eight names, <laughs> and then we get well, a new name. You yeah. could make a new name. It's that like, would be ridiculous. It's like that in then Spain, you could get actually. Very when you're born, you take one surname from your uh, mother's side and one surname from your father's side because everyone has a double barrel surname. And then when oh. that child then goes Mario on to marry, Lopez, yeah. they don't change their name. But their child takes one from their, the mother's side, one from the husband's oh, side. That's nice. That's quite nice. But you have no way on paper of seeing if somebody is married. To How each does other. the baby choose? 
Um, <laughs> I don't think the baby, the baby chooses. Choose. No. Um, I just, I just don't understand. Like, like you just said, if you go double-barreled, it would end It'd up get ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, if you take the woman's name then that's absolutely fine isn't it you just have to change at some point wouldn't you you still could yes except i think the idea is that if you if everyone's deciding every generation whether they want whether they want the man's name or the woman's name it's not as neat on a family tree because yeah. like for example if you follow my lineage back it's cut forth cut forth cut forth cut forth, yeah, cut forth yeah, exactly. for quite a long time yeah gets a bit um, boring after a while so but would you josh for example would you consider taking your wife's name I'd like my kids to be able to track their history effectively. Well, would you take the sand and go, right, well, from now on, it's the woman's name we keep. But how would you... Why? I think well, there's there bigger no issues. Point. That's the thing. <laughs> What's the point? It's just... It, I mean, I, I get that, but the reason that woman has that name is because their dad and her mum took that man's name. Sure, so sure. I'm not taking your surname, I'm taking your dad's family name. Yes. Mm. It's not about the woman, it's about that name. All names stem from that male history... And and the, the the idea of marrying, so it's like, I don't, yeah, it's that's not her name unless she chose it. Like, if you decide to then create your own family name, it's it's, it's taking a family name, I guess, more than anything, and it's just here's how you you track it because then your brothers in your family they continued the name, and that was how it's always yes. kind of gone, I suppose. But I but, think in this day and age, we can track things so easily. I mean, we're different. If we have a family tree and everyone's got different names, it doesn't matter. Like the lines are all the same. We can still follow it back up. Um, I think now that we can just change our names by deed, po- deed poll anyway, it's a non-story. It's more convenient really. to have the same last name. Isn't it? I was looking into this, and the reason it, the main, the main argument I can find for it is because it's convenient to have one surname, and the it's reason it's convenient, and the reason That's it's it. always the woman is because it's traditional. And I was like, why is it traditional? I looked into the tradition, and it's really interesting. Because um, it's only it's less than a, it's less than a century old right. when it was popularised mm. um, in English culture. So it used to be that um, the when a man and a woman got married, they both kept their names, but the woman was socially referred to as Mrs. Matt. So, example, if you got uh, John Smith and Mary Jones, and John Smith married Mary Jones, they'd still be called that, but her social name she'd be referred to as Mrs. John Smith. Mm. Um, oh, so his full name. So yes. his full name. It'd be, she'd be Mrs. John Smith. Okay, that, and is, Miss, that is utter ownership, that is property, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. is actually short. I didn't know this. It's yeah. short for the mistress of. The mistress of John Smith. <laughs> and that was in a time where the man would usually purchase a house and the woman would come and live with him. And um, yeah, and be, generally the house was the house of Smith, if it was John Smith. So it'd yeah. be the mistress of Smith. Um, and then basically it was, it was about a century ago, I think 90 years was when it became popular that women didn't like that. So they decided that they wanted their first name. So they kept their first name, took their husband's last name, but that became their legal name as well. So instead of it just being a socially referred to thing, it also became your legal name. So this is the really interesting point about this, is that we always think of the woman taking the the husband's name as a, a leftover piece of sexism, but it's actually... The women chose yeah. to take the it was actually It was at the end they of the chose, 19th they changed century. It. I yeah, think it I think it's just convenience and it's easy. And so... It's really falling out of fashion now. Yeah. In 1994... It's an tradition, but... Stat coming. Stat incoming here. Oh. But in 1994, 95% of all women in the UK took their husband's name. What? And in 2013, only 75% did, which is massive in I found just another around stat that said, 20 years. I found another stat from last year that said 61% of women want to take their... Wow. So if it's gone down from 75 to 61, yeah. that's yeah. mental. So, but- yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it. 
It's an obsolete tradition, but if 61% of women want to take their husband's name, then just let them. It's an obsolete tradition, I agree, but... It's a tradition, nonetheless. And yeah. for some reason, tradition is just feels tradition. special yeah. to me. No, it does it? for me as well. I saw one girl, though, on Reddit. She was... Was it Reddit? Yeah, she was worried about taking her husband's name because his surname was Shannon and her name was also Shannon. Shannon, <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> called Shannon, Shannon. Well, obviously, in those situations, Shannon, Shannon. No, no. Use your initiative. <laughs> Very bad. To make a non-stupid Stop decision. Stop complaining, Shannon, Shannon. Yeah. Okay, so Josh, at the start of the show, this was your opinion. Um, I think... They should, and I think it's a good way of tracking lineage and just having a history there. Um, I don't understand why it's a sexist issue. It's a name, and it's just a way of doing it. Cool. So I think I completely disagree with myself. Wow. Definitely a sexist <laughs> issue, and uh, they should not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unless they, want to, unless they want to. Unless they want to. No, I don't think they should at all. Oh, they should fight. Oh, good God. <laughs> Rise up. You women. Spread your seed, women. women. Stop taking the name you want. Imagine if Josh was the reason we had a, the start of fourth wave feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Winslade, the feminist icon. All right, well, you can let us know what you think over on Twitter in our polls at Educating Josh. It is time for the last story of the week, and that is James's story. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. My story comes from The Guardian, and the headline is Stolen Babies Doctor Escapes Punishment in Spain. These are the three things you need to know. A Madrid court has let off a former doctor over stealing newborn babies from their mothers and supplying them to infertile couples. The court found gynecologist Eduardo Vela? Vela? Vela. Eduardo Vela. 85. Had committed the crimes but could not legally be convicted because too much time had elapsed. 
because the victim failed to take the case for 25 years after she first became an adult in 1987, it fell foul of the statute of limitations, which is 10 years. When the case first reached the court, it ruled that a decision would be taken as to whether the timeline fell outside the statute of limitations at a later date in the trial. After the conviction, the victim said that she was happy because it's been proven that she was stolen. She also said that it's a little hard to take that there would be a limitation on this crime. My question to you, Josh, is should someone get away with a crime just because it was a long time ago? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. Um, I, I, I don't think they should at all. I think they've committed a crime. They should be punished for that crime. And I can't off the top of my head think of any scenario where they shouldn't be punished for a crime if they've committed it. Um... Yeah, that's how I feel. It's it's. I don't think this one's that hard, to be honest. All right, interesting. So, um, what did you guys find in your research then? Well, I agree with Josh. Okay. <laughs> oh, see, I'm actually on the fence with this one because times have changed. What was acceptable but not necessarily illegal back in the day might not be acceptable now. It's not necessarily that well, law has changed, but for example, um, what about this Me Too movement? Um, men being inappropriate back in the day might not have been seen as such a bad thing. Should they then be able to drag them out the wood, woodworks? Was it, was it illegal back then? See, that's a really interesting point, Lucy. So we, I think we do have to firstly say that obviously stealing babies from couples is always going to be wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so we're not talking about this specific story here. But in terms well, of... We are. We are, we are talking about this specific... We are talking about the specific story. But with story this point, because, because I'm, talk, I'm reflecting on the point that you said where you can't think of anything off the top of your head. Yeah, but me too, they absolutely should be dragged out the woodwork. And laws haven't changed. It's just what was socially acceptable has changed. Um, well, but I, 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 do, I do get your point. Like, as a, as a sort of more drastic example, like, can you imagine if um, we lived for longer and we punished everyone who ever owned a slave, even though it was legal? Like, times do change and laws change. And so you can't convict no, somebody. No, no, absolutely not. If it changes, you then can't prosecute them from the times past. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, but, but, if you raped someone 10 years ago, if yeah. you raped someone 10 years ago and in that 10 years they legalise rape, you shouldn't be able to be tried for it. But you did it whilst it was illegal. Yeah, so? Well, then you committed a crime whilst But then it was they've illegal. changed the law. Interesting. Okay, I'm talking that they're never going to legalise yeah. rape, though. I mean, that's Well, just, no, obviously that's not. Yeah, and if they do, it's not the kind of society I, I want to live in. Uh, well, a dystopian future. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just think that... I'm going back to the Me Too movement because that is a really interesting point. I, I can completely see what you mean. But I'm really sorry, the people that use that excuse of, oh, but it was okay back then, and oh, people are being just oh, too just lo- soft. locker and, room talk. Oh, it's locker room talk. All these things is wrong. Back on this sort of original story, like one thing I was thinking about about this was imagine someone convicted, a, someone did a crime against you, like any crime, like, I don't know, James, you stole my MacBook, right? And that would, if I could report that to the to prison, to, 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 to the police, prison. I could report that to the police. Hello, prison. Or what I could do is I could say to you, I'm going to report you if you don't do this for me and this for me. And I could hold that against you forever. Blackmail. Yeah, I could blackmail you, right? And so I no, could... That's then illegal. Yes, I know. But 10 years down the line, I could then go... Oh, James stole my MacBook 10 years ago because he stops doing these things I want him to do for But me. then you could say that you blackmailed him for nine years and you'd get into more trouble. That's very true. It turns out Luke <laughs> doesn't know the law. And well, no, you're both a, breaking the law. <laughs> you're both breaking the you're law. You both deserve to go to prison. Also, the, the, the 10 years thing, statute of limitation, feels more like it's a way for the courts to go and reduce caseload. 
Yes, and actually, <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. no yeah. that's a yeah. good point because that was something that I had, you know, done a little bit of research into, Ooh. and glad I came up with something interesting. <laughs> um, I was thinking, you know, there has to be a limit. We've only got limited resources. Yeah, everyone needs legal aid. the um, The cost of legal aid is just mind blowing. I don't have a stat for that. <laughs> the cost of legal aid is absolutely massive. There has to be a point where we say no. If you need this case taken, you to had court, your window of opportunity. You did have your window as long as that was made obvious to the victim. Uh, so, at which point, going back to this case specifically, was it made obvious to this girl? Because once she this was abducted when she was a child, um, and, and then, then what they're saying is, is that she had ten years after she turned eighteen mm-hmm. to report mm-hmm. the case. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, surely they're able to argue some sort of kind of what's it called? Hindenburg's no, no, whatever syndrome it is, where you're you become enamoured with your captive. Or, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm Stock- syndrome. I mean, that, yeah, this girl's not going to be in the like in, in the right state to think about revenge exactly. or justice. And I don't know when she found out. She might not have felt ready to talk about it, or she might not have understood yeah, the I, severity I, I, until I, she had children absolutely herself. Absolutely not. Or she became a mother. She's become ready to talk about it and take it forward at this point. Mm-hmm. That's her right. You know, I, I get upset. No one really is entitled to anything. But when you're balancing two things up, it's not his right to, to be, be able free. to get off yeah, it in 10 years. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, exactly. if it's taken her that long to come to terms with it and decide, actually, I want this person punished now. And she hasn't done anything blackmail-wise or anything in the meantime. That's absolutely her prerogative. Like, I don't understand that at all. And I think... If that's the case in this extreme story, it should be the case in every story because obviously you can't be hypocritical, so it should go out as a blanket. Now, I suppose where it becomes really difficult, though, is as time passes, a crime gets more difficult to prove. Mm. And oh, so, yeah, but that's your own fault. You, not your fault, but you sure. should have done it sooner. Yeah, yeah, but but but. So I suppose I suppose what we're saying is not that. Or my opinion in this is fine, still prosecute, but only if it's beyond reasonable doubt. And only if what well, even more like you have to treat it mm-hmm. even more beyond reasonable doubt if it's mm-hmm. something that happened years and years ago. You have to yeah. be so certain because it's so unfair to not only have someone convicted of something they didn't do, but have something convicted the of something they didn't so do ten years ago out, yeah. or didn't do twenty five years ago. Yeah. yeah. So Josh, at the start of this story, you said, um, I, I I don't think they should at all. I think they've committed a crime. They should be punished for that crime, and I can't off the top of my head think of any scenario where they shouldn't be punished for a crime if they've committed it. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. It's, it's, I don't think this one's that hard, to be honest. How do you feel about that now? Uh, I think I still agree with it. Yeah. Right. I, don't, I don't think I changed my opinion too much on that. Um, I think the justice system is, is, is pretty broken, um, and there's a lot that needs to be fixed unfortunately alright well I think we're going to have a very interesting polarizer I kind of expect that this might go towards the idea that crimes can be too old to commit just based on how our audience have been surprising us recently but you can let us know what you think over on Twitter in our polls at Educating Josh it is time for the quick fire round Josh Banksy has pranked a bunch of rich art collectors after his picture self-destructs itself in a shredder moments after it is sold for one million pounds at auction Josh is making jokes at the expense of rich people funny or just hateful you know that picture went up in value after really <laughs> yeah Banksy's a, an absolute genius rich people are wild um, as long as no one's hurt jokes are always funny alright fair enough a man has roundhouse kicked a pro-life woman quote out of respect rather than explain his pro-choice views to her because he thought the views were stupid and didn't want to mansplain Josh is it more respectful to mansplain or to kick someone in the face 
Uh, I think it's more respectful to, to mansplain. All right, yeah. fair enough. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> then, then kick them. <laughs> I think you're right. A hotel has... called Trump's verbal. Okay. Mm-hmm. A hotel has been forced to pull down a sexist ad showing young couples enjoying breakfast in bed after heavy backlash online. The ad was seen as sexist because he was reading a newspaper and she was reading a fashion book. Josh, is this sexist or just political correctness gone mad? It's political correctness gone mad. It's, it's, right. a, it's, it's conforming to today's traditional stereotypes, which exist for a reason. People need to get over themselves. <laughs> okay, that's the message from Josh. And the good news story of the week is that cannabis-derived medical products are finally going to be available on prescription within a month. Within a month from now? Yes. Whoa. Not for you, though, James. Only oh, people who need it. I want it. <laughs> I'm one step closer. To <laughs> are, you legal, to, are you going to, to fake legally, an illness? To legally consuming marijuana in the UK. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Educating Josh. Don't give... Whoa, 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 Luke. What? Hold your horses. What? It's my favourite part of the show. What's you that? can't do that. It's Lucy's joke of the Lucy's week. Lucy's joke of the week. Bomb. It is a very important part of the show. Um, okay, my joke of the week is... <laughs> what did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? I, I don't know. Oh, hi, matey! Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, what? I don't, I don't get it. Oh, hi, oh, matey. matey! I'm 80. I'm 80. Oh, I can't even to explain that. That's good. Really Okay. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I think we've had a pretty good one. We've agreed. I'm enjoying the new format. Do we like the new format? Yes. Guys? I love it. Let like us know it. what you think on Twitter about the new format. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Educating Josh. Twitter's really important for us. We put all our polls on there, and it's your opportunity for you to give us feedback and let us know what you think about our stories. We love hearing what you guys have to Absolutely. say. And what you think it's really important to us it's also where you can submit stories for us to take into consideration and another place where you can put our quick fire round questions which is really fun please go subscribe and most importantly leave us a review over on apple podcasts or your podcast app of choice including spotify go and review us on spotify this has been educating josh a studio 71 production we'll see you next week for another episode of educating josh goodbye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.